Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The U.S. Market Update with Money FM 89.3. Welcome to the U.S. Market Swap on Money FM 89.3. I'm Sean Cheong. So we saw Wall Street clawing back some of the steep losses suffered in the previous session. The S&P 500 advanced close to about 1% to finish at 5,000 points. The Nasdaq Composite climbed more by this, it climbed by about 1.3% to settle at 15,859 points. And the Dow Jones Industrial Average added about 0.4%, closing at 38,424 points. So for more insights, we are joined today by Gregory Bunch. He's the founder and managing partner at Veritas Financial Group. Welcome to the show, Greg. Good morning, Sean. Good morning. So let's start on a lighter note here. Valentine's Day flower spending is down about 16% from the previous year. Is this a good indication of the U.S. consumer spending softening? I think it is, Sean. Um, And recall, uh, I admittingly was early on this. um, And and while some have been predicting that the cycle is over or that we won't have a cycle, I don't subscribe to that notion. I think that the duration between the rate hikes and when we're going to see the cycle play out has probably lengthened. But there's going to be a cycle. I think that the slowdown is in front of us. Whether you want to call it a recession or not is, is trivial to me. And I don't want to argue semantics with anyone. So I, I just stick to the word slowdown. But I think that you're right. I think that this is evidence, just as the layoffs that we talked about, or that you guys talked about a few, few seconds ago with Cisco. I think all this evidence is adding up slowly but surely that there will be a cycle and we will see a slowdown as one expects after a 550 basis basis point rate hike. Okay, so just a day ago, we saw a you know, hot and anticipated inflation reading that indicates a sell-off, incited a sell-off as traders, you know, they're concerned that the Federal Reserve may not cut interest rates as early as they hoped. So what remains of the overall bull argument here for you? I think that's the key question, Sean. I can't see anything that remains of the original bull argument when we go back to October. And so and so let's take a trip back a couple months and you know, we had a jobs number of hundred and fifty thousand and that was the new paradigm that we were no longer adding lots of jobs. Well that has reversed. We've now had two consecutive months of job ads in the three hundred thousands. And then it was well core growth in CPI is only twenty basis points. That's a new paradigm. Well that has reversed. We saw subsequent months of 30 and now 40 basis points of core growth, which has not put us on a trajectory for 2% inflation. And so I think at this point, the expectation that a rate cut is coming in March is, um, I hate to use the word foolhardy, but I guess I'll use that word. Uh, And and that was my expectation from the very beginning. Um, I think the expectation that we're going to see six to seven rate cuts is probably dispelled at this point as well. And so I, you know, with the market trading at probably roughly 22 times and significant downward revisions ahead, I don't know what remains of the bull argument. So financial conditions, they seem to have eased considerably over the past few months. The question now perhaps Mm -hmm. is, can meaningful disinflation continue? Well, I think we're seeing the evidence that it can't. And, you know, look, the housing component um, is probably that which has been the most persistent in that, you know, we've been waiting for a while now uh, for that to show some signs of abating. And it did bounce around, but we haven't seen any consistent disinflation there. The more worrisome thing, I think, though, Sean, is that Mm -hmm. in that last job support, we saw 60 basis points of wage inflation. 
And we know that wage inflation is the primary driver of services inflation. And the disinflation up until now has largely been on the good side. It's the services inflation that has proven persistent, consistent, and quite stubborn. And so easing financial conditions certainly don't help. The Fed announcing to companies that their cost of capital might be cheaper soon certainly doesn't help. And I remain of a mindset that I think it's more likely that we see a hike before we see a cut. So you mentioned stubborn. So let's take a look at stubborn inflation. Is there a possibility that the Fed might take a U-turn with their rate cut plans and maybe go for a rate hike? Yeah, it's hard to predict what they'll do, right? They spent they spent so most of the winter dispelling the notion that rate cuts were anywhere in anywhere near term in the conversation, and then they completely pivoted on December thirteenth. So, so it's really hard to predict what they're going to do sometimes. But again, I don't see how we get from the three point seven percent unemployment we have right now to the 4.1% they tell us is necessary to be on a 2% sustainable inflation trajectory. Um, I don't see how we get there without them putting their their thumb on the scale again. Uh, So I do believe that a hike is more likely than a cut in terms of their next action. Okay, so if that happens, the hike, what would be the biggest losers then? You know, I I don't think it would be a, you know, sizable hike. I think it would be an additional 25 basis points. You know, I think the environment is probably less constrictive than they thought, but not meaningfully so. I think a few of the Fed governors have even come out and said that, that, you know, they have been uh, they have been less constraining than, than, they, than they thought they were. At the end of the day, I think what we need to watch is the wage growth and the unemployment and the jobs numbers certainly aren't going in the direction that they need them to go to lead to that 4.1% number or to lead to a much less aggressive wage growth number. And as long as that's the case, despite what they say, I think it remains on the table. So many comments, many readings are saying that the market is overbought for a variety of uh, reasons. And, but it's yet to be in the oversold camp. So in your opinion, is there some vulnerability in the near term for some corrective action? I think so. You know, look, the, the market action you're seeing right now in terms of an initial reaction um, that was quite meaningful, followed by some recovery, is exactly what we saw about three weeks ago when Powell spoke on the 31st and tried to dispel the notion that a cut was coming in March. And I think what we need is a collective number of actions like that to get consensus where it needs to be. Um, I think every time we have a subsequent action of the Fed warning or the Fed greasing the skates or the Fed saying that inflation hasn't reached a level, and, and I think that they're going to have to continuously do this, but it convinces some portion, some further portion of the market that we're not getting six cuts, that we're not getting a cut in March, but probably not getting a cut in May either. So and I think the more of the market you convince, the more capitulation you get. I don't see how this market continues to trade at 22 times. I don't know if there's one catalyst. I think that there's a collection of catalysts called death by multiple cuts as opposed to one single blow. And on that note, so the cause, the cause and effect in this market, so the cause is the CPI comes in hotter. The effect is that stocks go lower, as we saw on Tuesday. The markets go down because of the implication that rate cuts get pushed later. So how much more tolerance is there for this sort of scenario in which the idea of rate cuts happen, but it just gets pushed later? Well, the timing matters, Sean. And so, you know, I know it seems like it's just um, a emotional 
uh, or a reactionary, but when you think about the fact that consensus is projecting 12% earnings growth this year, believe that that's baking in rate cuts earlier in the year. If we don't have those rate cuts until later in the year, then the all-important earnings that we base our multiples on, that we base our company values on, are necessarily going to be less than what we expected. So the timing does matter for those who rely on fundamentals like myself to value and figure out where we want to have our exposure. So I, I want to make sure we give that the full weight that it's worth. But I have to tell you, I don't see enough deterioration in the economy coming on in the near term to force the Fed's end to cut rates, and yet I don't see enough disinflation uh, right now to rule another hike off the table. Okay, so final word before we let you go, Greg. We are expecting figures for the, also the PCE, the personal consumption expenditures, to be out within the next couple of weeks. Looking at what we saw with the CPI, how likely are we going to see a similar story with the PCE and then, of course, the reaction in the markets that follows? Well, look, I think the difference is, is consensus has time to adjust now for PCE, right? And so this came in hotter. I'm sure consensus will edge up around PCE in terms of that month-over-month core growth. But I think the story remains the same. We're not going to see significant disinflation in that PCE report comes out. Great insights there. Thank you for your time today, Greg. My pleasure, Sean. Always, always my pleasure to be with you guys. We've been speaking with Gregory Branch, the founder and managing partner at Veritas Financial Group. This is Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.